Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to Sports Unplugged. Well, you know it's a you know it's an important day. Gab's in the office, so you know, gotta be on ourselves now, guys. All up me to passes on. That's how important it is. Gav, how you doing? I'm great. Um the best golf tournament in the world is currently ongoing. Stuart Sink has just had a hole in one at the sixteenth, I think. Um that's ah, fucking amazing golf tournament. Love it. <laughs> Luke, obviously I can tell you're exhilarated by this thought of golf, and obviously I know Kev's massively into his golf. And Gav's going to educate me because he knows I know nothing about golf. Yeah, but same I do. Man. But I do know the Masters is massive. Yeah. The only I know about golf is I know, I know Masters is massive. So, yeah. Colin and Gav, you're the main man. That's what, got you, that's what you jumped on for. Let's You explain to a lookout like me all about the Masters. Um, listen, uh, there's people out there that won't be into golf. They might be into golf a little bit. If there's one tournament you watch during the year, it's the Masters. You know, Um I think it's the best golf tournament of the year by your country mile. Um, you know, people will talk about every two years the Ryder Cup comes along, and that's that's sound. The Ryder Cup is on its own is is just some spectacle. But the Masters, by for me, is is the best golf tournament in the in the world. It's the best one on the calendar. It's the fourth major of the year. Um, they had to play it in November in two thousand and twenty because of COVID and. The, the course was soft and it just changes everything. The whole thing about Augusta is it's immaculate. The, the colours of green is just different to anything you see anywhere else in the world. Um, if the sun comes out, it gets really it gets re- really warm. The course gets really 
dry, really fast. And players that are like exceptional at this game just made to look idiots at times. Um, but at the moment, you know, we're about we're coming towards the end of the day two. Um, Tiger Woods looks like he made the cut. The cut is set around three over at the minute. Fifty, the top fifty plus tires get into the weekend. Tiger Woods should make it. Rory McIlroy should make it. Um, Scheffler, who's number one in the world at the minute, um, he's he's leading at the minute, and he, he's been he's in fairness to him, he's been really solid over the first two days. But um, it's just brilliant. And when tomorrow comes and Sunday comes, and you know if the rain stays away. And it and it warms up a bit, and the sun comes out, and the wind picks up. If the wind picks up, it just leads to carnage, Chris. For two days, solid, it leads to carnage. And there's fellas that are going around the turn on the tent with four stroke leads, and before you know it, they're losing. It's um, Dan Bailey says I've read somewhere the course was prepped ready for the following year, the day after the last day. Um, the setup on the course is exceptional. Like you seen last night, there's fellas walking up the 18th, and over the whole rest of the course, there's people walking the other 17 holes, and they're um, it's it's uh, that they're, they're manicure and everything. It's it's fucking unbelievable. But golf wise, Scheffler's looking really solid. Um, today is a really hard scoring day. The wind has picked up, the course is drying out. They have got this unbelievable drainage there where they can suck moisture out of the air from underneath uh, underneath the, the playing surface which is ridiculous but um, it's just brilliant go and watch it you know not now watch this now but um, <laughs> over the weekend over the weekend keep your eye on the Masters because yeah. um, the excitement that leads to it is just brilliant I'll tell you what the sports weekends go this is right up there for well, you got the Grand National tomorrow you got Formula 1 in Australia overnight you've got UFC 273 You've got a huge Premier League weekend this weekend. I mean, there's so much riding on half a dozen games this weekend. There isn't an event on a sports fan that isn't covered by this weekend in some way, shape or form. You know, I mean, your Sundays should be very easy to plan out and then round it off coming in here on a Sunday night. You know, you can't go wrong. Um, the way that course is, though, with the with Amen Corner, the, those three holes that tends to decide an awful lot of the Masters tournaments. You see leads given up, you see charges made, and anything can happen there. So it's one of those courses, you know you go behind the red button on Sky, and you can just watch those three holes. It's some, it's phenomenal, and it is, you're right, it is the most stunning golf course. It, what, what the fuck just happened? I moved myself to the top left because people in the chat are fucking freaked out. Happy, they're not over there. Yeah, but he's, he's, not, he's not hosting tonight, so he's back in his Did the host go on the top left? Well, you always yeah. need the top left when you're hosting, so... All right, okay, we'll leave me in the top right. But who do you fancy for it? I mean, two days two days down, two days to go. Kev, it's so hard. Um, Can you see a late charge coming from... Because the thing is... Yeah, but, but if you look, if you look like... Neiman, the is tight. The, the, it's really tight. Shane, Shane Lowry wasn't having the best of times. He's actually two off the lead now. He's going up 14 at the minute. You have um, Jakob Neiman, who is really, really solid. He's a really, he's actually a really um, exciting player. He's he's just gone to three under. Um, he's one off the lead with six to play. Scheffler, though, is, is leading it by one. He still has eight, seven, eight, eight holes to play. Um, Matsuyama, who won it last year, he's only two off the lead. Um, you, you know, Cordy Connors from Canada is a really... Great ball striker. Marikawa is still there under under par. Danny Willett, the, he won it in 2016, I think. Um, 
he was he was three or four under at one time. He's gone back to one under, but it doesn't really matter if you if you can keep within four or five of this going into the last day, you have a chance. Yeah. Because all you need to do is put a score on the board, and you don't know what's going to happen. You could come out on the you could come out early on the Sunday, and the, it could be perfect conditions. You could walk in to to the clubhouse, you know, give your into the score intent, give your score, turn around, and it could gust up. It could gust up to and I'm thirty miles an hour. And the problem with Augusta is, is because it's so tree-lined, some course you go out and play on, you know it's windy. You know, it's you just feel it. It's very hard to feel it in, at the Masters because it's, there's so many trees, high trees close to you, that what you think is fairly still is not the case when the ball goes up in the air. So um, it's it, it just has the perfect mix of everything, Kev. If I was, like, there was a couple of players I fancied over the weekend, um... I did. I always like Abraham Answer, the Mexican. He's he plots his way around. I'm not too. Sure. I'll tell you where he is now. Um, answers answers dropped off completely today. Um, I did like Neiman and I liked Adam Scott. Um, and Adam Scott is still hanging around, but Scotty Scheffler looks so strong at the minute. He really does. He, I watched an interview earlier on today with um, Nick Faldo, and he was talking about Rory McIlroy that if he could sort out his putting game. He has everything else. He's playing really well. He just can't. He's short game. He's putting is just can't do it for Toffee at the minute. But by all accounts, he's he's tee to green is really good. What I'm noticing with McElroy is I think McElroy sits a tree over and he'll make the cut and he could genuinely be within six of the lead. And that sounds an awful lot. Um, you know, even seven sounds an awful lot. But if you can drag that back by two shots on a Saturday and go in four, five behind, you ha- as I said, you have a chance. Yeah. McElroy... Well, it changes on Sunday as well. It, it, yeah, it's very hard to to criticise people's putting at Augusta. But the, the greens are so fast. Um, none of them are flat. Um, they're big greens, but the landing areas in them where you can actually get close to pins are really, really small because of the undulations and stuff like that. McElroy's biggest issue is his wedge play. Um, he he looks very tentative when he's hitting them. Other players are hitting the ball hard, even on short shots, they're hitting them hard and they're fizzing them in there, which means they can, they're brilliant golfers, so they can control the ball, spin it, keep it in certain areas. McElroy seems to be gliding stuff in there and it's bouncing and running away from him and he's it's hurting him. Um, but he's just, he's just, um, I don't know if McElroy will figure, unless he does something special tomorrow. If I was to pick one though, um, if if Lowry gets going, he has a chance. If Lowry comes out of this three under today, um, he has the short game or Augusta to to do real oh, that damage. Is, that'd be some Sunday night. He that'd has be some because he he has he's brilliant hands when he plays golf. His touch and feel and his control of the ball around the greens are good. If he comes out of this, we're in two of the lead and and keeps it the same at the end of tomorrow night. He's a real chance. But Scotty Scheffler looks just so so solid at the minute. He's he's hitting every ball where it's meant to go. He's taking he's attacking when he needs to. He's laying back when he needs to. Um, now I could say that, and he could he could go down and fucking hit triple bogey now. But that's a gusto for you. Anyone can do it at yeah. any time. So, um, it's very hard to pick a winner at the minute. They always say Augusta doesn't really start till the Saturday night, but um. I can't help myself. I've watched nearly every fucking shot yesterday and today. I just absolutely love it. And um, I'm hoping Tiger Woods makes the cut and we'll see how he gets on the weekend. It was a phenomenal story yesterday, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, when you look at from the time he had his accident to when he played his father-son pro-am in yeah. Florida, 
Yeah. That was four months ago. That was the first time he'd hit a golf yeah, ball. Yeah, it's five, 508 days since he's officially hit a golf ball in a, in a, yeah. in a ranking tournament. Um, his last one he hit was actually, I think, at Augusta um, in just after 2020 because that was most played in November. Um, but, like, his left leg was shattered. Like, he can't walk. You can see yeah. his left, his, sorry, his right leg. His right leg, he just he just can't, you can see it. It's He's hobbling on it um, because it's being completely rebuilt. He said yesterday after yesterday's round, he hasn't had a day off. Um, if he gets up in the morning and the leg doesn't feel right, to do upper body work. You know, if the leg feels okay, they go out and drive. And they, but, but the practice they put in is ridiculous. Like they're practicing yeah. seven, eight hours a day on loads of different things. They're training, physical training. Um, but it's a, it is a great story. And there was a, there was a bit of, you know, oh, oh, there's an awful lot of Tiger Woods on here. This man is the best player that's ever played the game. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, he's the best player that's ever played the game. He's revolutionized the game of golf, and that's not because of the color of his skin. It's because of the player he is. Um, and if he turns up after 500 days against the world's best and he's able to hang with them um, in that in this sort of environment, it just shows how good he is. And I think it's a great story. My only doubt over Tiger Woods where he can walk that course four times. Um, it's very up and down. It's very hilly. It's it's hard on the legs, even though they're they're athletes now and they're they're really um they're really strong. It's a hard walk, yeah. you know. And people might laugh at that and try and go, "Well, you fuck off," you know what I mean? It's a hard walk, <laughs> but genuinely it is. It's a lot of up and down. There's nothing flat in Augusta. Just no, nothing, the the just talk not. was that it was the um, the open that he was going to target. Yeah, if because it was at St Andrews, because yeah. it's St Andrews and it's and it's flat. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean his his game is really geared for those type of courses, you know, the Lynx courses, the um, and St Andrews isn't the monster it was, you know, it, the way the modern golf has gone, you know, the players hitting three hundred plus yards with accuracy, you know, that wasn't when when I first started watching golf, you know, it was two eighty, two ninety, and then they were hooking it and fading it all over the place. These guys are hit are monster hitters. They are, but, but when it comes to... But they always Augusta is a leveller. Augusta is a leveller. Yeah, but, but the thing about St. Andrews, if you go there and play, or you play any links golf, a lot of people um, won't play drivers off tee. They'll play irons. I think Woods went and won an open, and I think only took his driver out four or five times in the yeah. four days, because he just hits irons, and he hits them really well, and he gets that run on that links course, and it runs away, and, and the do stuff like that but there is there's fellas out there and they're bombing a 350 360 no problem you know what i mean and it's, it's ridiculous but but um we'll get away from the golf talk now but yeah go and watch it um if you get a chance there's so many players starting to creep up the leaderboard and genuinely only takes one fella to have a nightmare on one hole and everything um Everything, Everything comes change, back yeah. into it. Uh, Kevin Borland asked, why the fuck aren't we talking about Man City versus Liverpool? What is this shit? It's Sports Unplugged, yeah, mate. Um, we talk yeah. about sports. And it clearly showed on the description that we'll talk about the Masters. And it clearly showed on the graphic that we will have the Masters. So this is the Masters. But we're finished with it now. I don't know who's going to win, Kev, because you've asked. I don't know. But that's the joy of it. You don't know until they're literally tapping in on the 18th when you know that's the winner because it, it gets... It'll, I think this one will go right to the war. Cool. So see, we'll talk about the biggest game of the weekend, just for Kevin. Uh, we're going to talk about Everton against Man United. <laughs> that is the biggest game of the weekend. Wow. That's for us anyway. And that's oh. the other reason Gav's on. So, Gav, first of all, because I know these two below let us down. Did you watch the game midweek? Fucking right, I did. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't watch it. I think it was Real Madrid and Chelsea and Bayern and Villarreal were on the same night. 
I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Wasn't <laughs> having a bar of it. Um, <laughs> all I could do was think about Burnley against Everton the other night. Um, because as much as I'm on board for Liverpool winning a quadruple, I'm literally jumping off at the odd stop to jump on the Everton relegation bus um, just to do a lap of the shops or wherever it might be along aboard that bus. Um, well, at least Jacques declares, like, he says, no, no, please talk more golf. No, I'm not allowed. Um, <laughs> Andy O'Chill wants to go back to golf. No, we're not allowed because um, people are giving out. Um, can we ban Gav from Freud? He says, Red Steve, Jesus, relax. <laughs> right, I won't come back on. Um, but yeah, I watched the Chris and I don't know. I don't know where. Um, I d- I'm starting to wonder. I-, I think they go down. I think they go down. I think they're in a, an awful position. And people are like, some Everton fans are defending Frank Lampard, and I get where they're coming from because this isn't this isn't the thing where Everton were doing okay and Frank Lampard coming in now they're doing shit. Um, this is a manifestation of something that's going on for. Um, how many years pick a number that's how long it's going on for um you know the owner hasn't done himself any justice in the money he spent who he spent it on who he's brought into the club who he's given responsibility to the fact that bill kenroy is still there having to say is utter madness in my opinion um frank lampard has a set of players that haven't turned up for everything in years but frank lampard was brought in to change that and he hasn't done it whatsoever so He's just a wrong appointment because he's not a football manager, in my opinion. I think he was a good exercise at Derby because of the experience he had with being able to go and take players off Chelsea in the loan market and stuff. He was a PR exercise at Chelsea um, when they had a transfer ban and he, they, no one else was going to take it. And it kind of, um, you know, plumazed the... the the, the fan base, and then it quickly went sour when he was given money to spend and he had an expectancy again. And now he's at Everton and, you know, they were going to get that guy, and I always forget his name. I want to say Pereira. Um, yeah, but I don't Pereira, think that's yeah. What, don't yeah. Do, don't um, exactly before they even... Yeah, and then they done, Then they had a big... It looked like a, it <laughs> just looked like a queue outside a chipper, but it was an actual... Um, it was an actual match they had on Goodison and because Frank Lampard gets them. Now, Duncan Ferguson gets them, but Duncan Ferguson isn't going to keep everything up. You know, Andy Gray gets them, but they're not going to put Andy Gray in. Frank Lampard doesn't get them. Frank Lampard has nothing to do with everything, never has. Um, and like he's the, the big thing for me today is he's coming out with comments like, um, you know, they live and breathe this, and I'm only here five minutes, and now I live and breathe it. And then he's taking criticism from Neville Southall, going, Oh, he's a legend, and we want to get to that level. And, we want, and I'm kind of going, Yeah, you're trying to please too many people now. You should be telling Neville Southall to fuck off, right? Mm. That's what you should be doing. And you should be turning around and going, Listen, I, I, can't be ta- I can't be talking about the fans and this, that I'm here to try to do a job. It's too nice. Um, it's. It's. It's too much of how do people view me from Frank Lampard. And they've had two wins and seven defeats in his first nine league games. They've taken, they've taken, they took 10 points in the first four games this season. They've taken 15 in the next 24 league games. They are in serious, serious, serious trouble. And United this weekend must win. Could you rely on United? Possibly not, but United must win because 
it's one chance where United can really kind of stay on the tails of Spurs and Arsenal and hope to take advantage when they will team play each other. But if if you're a betting man going into this weekend, you're, you're not draw. putting anything. No, you're betting nothing on everything to win. Not a fucking no. chance. Yeah, the because thing is, the way I see it, there's ways of losing games. You know, any side can lose games. If you're in mid-table or bottom half of the Premier League, you can lose the odd few games. You can go on a run of two or three or four games losing, but there's ways of losing. That loss to Burnley, and the fact that they only scored two penalties, they never looked like creating anything from open play. Their, their debt is masked by a stadium that'll never get that'll never get built. They really, yeah. really and truly should be deducted points for they the financial trouble that they're in. And, and try to focus on what's going I mean, behind the scenes. I think it, I think a stat came up at half time. Burnley hadn't won a game when they were losing at half time all season. <laughs> I think it was even into last year. That was the first time. It, I mean, Sean, Sean Dyche is obviously like a picky shit. Um, with his line, I told the guy. I told the guys these don't know how to win it, which I thought that could bite you in the arse at some point. That because let's be honest, Burnley haven't shown how to win many yeah, games. Burnley but, aren't safe yet. But from, Luke, question for you, and this is not me. It's partly me having a bit of a wild. <laughs> also, I've heard this said now on two Everton um, social media, sorry, YouTube channels. Is the worst thing to happen to Everton, Farad Mashiri? Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably be careful what you wish for when you ask for a sugar daddy who you think is going to spend loads of money and who you think is going to care about the club. And what's happened is he spent loads of money. He's hired loads of different people, Steve Walsh from Leicester, Marcel Brands. They've all spent money, spent it horribly. They're on the verge of going down. And probably that was the worst thing that has happened to them because there's... Like there's Mashuri and then there's Kemright. They're both arguing about what vision they want to take the club. Kemright wants like a British manager. Mashuri just wants all the fancy names, the Angelotti's, Hamas Rodriguez, and they're still clashing with each other about what they want. And and whilst they're clashing, the team is just an absolute mess on the pitch. And the okay, fans telling the board what to do, and the board's going, Yeah, yeah, should listen to that. And yeah, let's go and get Frank, who's got no experience of a relegation battle. Like, at is, all. This go- is this going back to the Everton way? And we've heard about the Everton way. I mean, me and Gav... What's the Everton way? Before, before Klopp came, talked about the Liverpool way. Me and Gav talked about it loads. That used to be the answer to a lot of things. It's not the West Liverpool way. way. The West Ham way. There's always too much of a hark into how things were in the past, but there's no context to what it should be in the future. I mean, yeah. Gav, you and me have talked about it. United have got a very similar problem, not financially, but structurally. It's a similar situation with them at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the, all the talk this week has been about them bringing in uh, Ten Hag from Ajax, which in itself is a good appointment. Good manager. He's, a good, he's, he's a good manager. He's he's good at developing a squad. But the problems, I've said it for a long time now, the problems of Manchester United are at board level and above the manager's head. They don't buy to a plan. They don't buy to a structure. They don't buy to a system. You know, when we sign players, we sign players to fit in to the way Klopp plays, you know, and we develop players to play in that way. And that's from day one when he came in, For you know, when he first started bringing players in. United don't. United play to the fan base. They play to the Gary Nevels of this world who tell you, you know, you can't let Cristiano Ronaldo go to Man City. 
that kind of attitude. And as long as that prevails, as long as those people are, and it's the same with Everton, as long as those people, those fans, those ex-players have influence over transfer policy, they're doomed. It doesn't matter who the manager is. That's what I said when the last manager at Manchester United and the one before, it doesn't matter who they are. The problem is above their head. And Ten Hag won't fix Manchester United unless there's a massive clear-out. Now, the saving grace for United this summer is I think there's about six or seven players going out the door. and mm, We saved a lot of money for them. It's, it get, they've had too many average players on big contracts yeah. for a long, long time. And they might have, once they start phasing those out, United are too big a club not to, not to get it right eventually. But it's going to cost them a fair bit of money to get it right. And it's been over a billion already. Yeah, but mate, when you, in the grand scheme of things, a billion pounds to Manchester United is not the not. end of the world. Half a billion pounds for Everton yeah. is debilitating. It's all relative, to a, isn't it? To a stage yeah, where they're in danger of falling through the leagues, in my opinion. I honestly yeah, but, think worse trouble than what Sunderland were. Yeah, but and and that's and that's the thing. Like, look, United are a different issue altogether. I don't know if that Ten Hag is is he is he going to be confirmed? Mm, I, I've all, seen the report. All the connected journalists. That seems to be the name that they're all yeah. sort of okay. Um, I've seen the he's going. saying that it's not done, and he wants a lot of assurances. Of yeah, and, and I, 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 I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame him on that because Kev's right. It doesn't matter if you brought Harry fucking Houdini into manage Manchester United um, with the people around them. And and this isn't about Glazers taking money out of the club or anything. Like that. that's, not, that's a completely separate it, issue. It's, it's, it's the structure. It's the scouts. It's Darren Fletcher still wandering around the fucking gaff. Like, I, d- I don't know. Someone, someone hasn't taken his fucking swipe card off him when they really should. Um, you know, you've... Why you listen to Rio? Rio Ferdinand and Gary Neville are sitting in a studio talking, mm. um, and they're saying certain things in order for people um, watching this stuff to click and react. So stop listening to Gary Neville and fucking Rio Ferdinand because they don't have a fucking clue. All right, he also, um, also don't have any consequences. But they might think- as well ring me. They might as well ring me and ask me what I fucking think. I know Gary Neville has played for Manchester United and he's done this and he's done that. But at the end of the day, what are you listening to Gary Neville for? He's a hypocrite. It'd be, it, but, but it'd be like, they might as well ask Jurgen Klopp what they, what they should do at United. And when he says that, United go, well, let's listen to him. What would you be doing that for? Yeah. There's two, and this is my part of the problem. The outside interference that seems to gather traction is ridiculous. It's it, Now, in fairness to United, it doesn't seem to gather that much traction with them because they just go, we run this fucking club wherever we want. But at the same time, there is people out there storing it up, having fans running through open, closed gates to protest and get games called off for their own agenda. But aside from that, the Everton thing, Kev's right, a half a billion to them is monstrous compared to a half a billion or a billion for United because United are at a level anyway where they can lose that sort of money and the only difference is probably finishing second or finishing sixth. There's four spaces there that they go up and down because they still have got enough quality in their squad. The problem is, is that to get them to be from sixth to second or go above, they're way behind Liverpool and, and Manchester City because the structure is wrong. They don't know who's managing it. Um, they they don't know who's signing players. They don't know who the link is between the owners and, and the manager. It's all over the place. Everything, though, it's not time up for Mishiri, in my opinion, but he should he should step back what he's doing. I listened to the Blue Room with Dave Downey earlier on, and he good. was saying, "Yeah," and he was saying, 
He needs to step back. But I just can't understand why Bill Kenroy is there. Bill yeah. Kenroy sold the club to Fabmachiri, right? And he's still fucking there. You know what I mean? It'd be like you owning a corner shop and selling it to some other fella and then turning up and fucking stand behind the counter serving when you don't walk there, right? And the problem there is, for everything is, they're pulling in two different directions. Bill Kenroy has the romanticism in the whole thing where he wants to be one of the fans and he wants to be a friend and he wants to be this. And it look and when it goes bad, they go, where's this money, Bill? Where's that? And he's getting accosted outside uh, Goodison Park. Fab Mishiri is the man coming in with the, with the money and he's having to literally tailor to this fella. What Fab Mishiri should do is he should come in and go, all these are gone. All these people that are hanging on and they shouldn't be here. But he's obviously bought the club and you understand these people can stay. Right, but when you have one half of the club wanting to do one thing, one half doing the other, and that's what's going on in my opinion. You have people being sacked because a manager doesn't want them, and then you sack the manager two weeks later. That tells you the club is pulling in, in two different directions, okay? And they continue at the level Everton are at. They shouldn't have been spending forty and fifty million pounds on players. What they should have been doing is saying, "Listen, he's really good. We might need to spend thirty, but he's really good. Fifty million quid on cigarettes." 45 million quid on Alex Awobi. 50 on Charleston. Yeah. Richardson probably one of the better players. Yeah, but at least with Richardson, you will get a return. Hmm. He will be be sold for nigh on the 50 million that they bought him for. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, Kev, are you you telling me that if you took that squad, right, took all the money back that you spent on them, right, and said, right, you can start again, you would do it with half the money, Kev. Easy. If you had the right people in place. And if 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 a manager came in, if Ten Hag went into, into Everton tomorrow and said, right, listen, I play a 4-2-3-1. That's what I play. I don't know what Ten Hag plays. Or I play a 4-2-3-1, okay? Um, I'm bringing these staff with me. I want this guy as my director of football, okay? And all the football matters goes between him and me. The financial stuff, we can have meetings about if you want, but you're going to tell me what we have to spend, and we're going to, between us, spend it, all right? And we're going to take responsibility for the football inside of it. Now, if you go off and you sign sponsorship deals that don't make us enough money, or you spend overspend on a stadium and you get, get us into trouble, that's a financial issue, and you're going to have to answer about that. But everything seems to be pushed back to this stadium. Every every problem in the club seems to be, let's get to this stadium. No point in getting to that stadium if you're playing Rotherham on a fucking Tuesday night. There's no point. And they, they need to get something together where, regardless whether they stay up or not, right? They need to get something in place where they know who owns the club. They know who looks after the financial side of it the um, the f- and the football side of it. Both of them are own, their own separate entities that work together at certain stages. But what you happen here is now you have things where there's just people giving loads of opinion in that club for no reason. Duncan Ferguson is part of this for I don't know how many years and he still sits on the fucking bench at, at, at Goodison Park. Now... What's the common denominator in this? He is bringing no value to trying to turn things around or everything if he is still there to all these managers and everything. It's, it's yeah. absolutely unbelievable. They will go down, in my opinion. They will get beaten at the weekend. Yes. Lampard will what go. Seven or eight will go. And what will happen is, see that 300 million that they've lost over the last three years? Someone is coming down them like a ton of bricks as soon as the final whistle goes. Someone's years. making an example out of everything for, well, for breaking those FFP rules. Like They're going to be making I think, I think an example out of but I think when you're in the championship, um, it's 39 million over three years. That's what you're. That's what. You're, that's what you're allowed to lose in the Premier League. It's 105. So 
with all the workarounds they've done to stay in, in line here, and they have got players leaving in the summer for now, which is probably a good thing. But the problem is they've 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 got players who are average on big wages, which nobody's yeah. going to buy. Let's, gonna let's, buy, put, let's put a scoreline on this one and we'll let Gav go and enjoy his... Uh, oh, yeah, because he, he needs to go. Late, late he, he wants to go in and watch Ryan Tupperley. Don't mind the golf. He does. He he does. Oh, no, I'm, going, I'm going to do more research on the golf. I'll be back next Friday, everyone. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> excellent. Well, we'll, we'll put a score on it, lads. What are you going for, Gav? 3-1 United. Oh, you took my score, man. So you have to pick a different score Chris. now, Luke. Give me five minutes. I've gone 2-0 United. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Luke? 4-1 United. I went 3-1 United as well. Um, I can't see... The thing is, with United, they've got some injuries, right? What time's the game at? Half 12. It's it's a lunchtime kickoff tomorrow. Half 12. 12. There you go. Get the cameras ready. Running a free pot on that as well. Which um, somebody in our uh, Telegram group has picked a team for. Conrad. Comrade, that's it? it. Yeah, Conrad's yeah, yeah, so team. Conrad's put the team. Team's all locked down, ready to go. So yeah. we're doing so that one, you, and, we'll, and we'll do another one later. Yeah, if any of you guys are in the chat and you want to have a go at the bet, mate, it's the link is in the, the description. Free pop for the Man United Everton game. If you can pick 11 players who might start that game, good luck to you. But keep an eye out for that one. It's free. Cost you nothing. Just go in and enjoy it. Just follow the directions from the link below. <laughs> God help them all. Red Steve's going Gav, with nil all United by one goal. <laughs> I'm done. I'm oh, done. Um, I'm off to watch the golf. Enjoy the rest of the show. And um, yeah, we'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. What have we got over the week? Oh, yeah, just before, we, just before I go, in case the lads forget, we have got a match reaction to uh, City versus Liverpool. Half six on Sunday. We'll be back with the fat back four at 10 p.m. And also in the description, please, please, please go and look at Failacon, our charity partner. Go and check them out. Donate if you can. We've put stuff on social media with regards to it today. Share that as well. Donate, share, whatever you can do to help us try to get to that 10,000 because it's a fantastic, fantastic uh, charity. I think it's crossed. We'll hopefully have an interview tomorrow night, which we can put out. Correct. Saturday Correct. Thanks for reminding me. Completely forgot. There you go. All right. Cheers, boys. See you later. Bye-bye. 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 See you, Gav. Right, now we can misbehave now. The boss has gone. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> beer's in. Got, got to be, have to behave ourselves. Then. Right, mm. so let's gloss over the next two because, quite frankly, they're, they're, they're dull games and no one really cares about them. Arsenal, Brighton. I've gone 2-0 Arsenal because Brighton are just crap at the moment. Yeah, same, 2-0. Um, the thing is with this game, it's Arsenal have to win. You know, yeah. they're they're at the stage now where the fight for the top four, they have to match everything that's going on around them. But this is one game that they have to win. Yeah. You know, so Luke, how do you got this one? Well, he's either really happy about this game and thinking about it, or I think he's frozen. I so, think he might have to <laughs> jump out and uh, jump back jump in. Back in. Yeah, I must admit, though, it's a good look. It's a great look. <laughs> great look. Uh, and it was, you know that new snip thing on, on Yeah, YouTube, Gav, Gav if, you're still, if you're still there, just just uh, snip that for us, because that, that'll, that yeah, that'll, that'll be a great one. That'll be a great one. We'll move on to yeah. Southampton-Chelsea. So, Chelsea, who now have lost the last two, surprisingly to Brentford, 
less surprisingly to Real Madrid. Uh, I think the uh, I think Real Madrid was being wrote out wrote off far too easily. I thought, um, but Southampton, but I seem to remember you saying it'd be in the Madrid semi-finals. The other thing, yeah, I, I think it'll, I still think it'll be a, an all Madrid semi-final. I think you may have the same thinking. Mm. Um, I think I also said Villarreal, but I, to her, I said that for shits and giggles. I didn't actually think it could, I actually think it could tr- come true. So, Bayern turned out. But Southampton, Chelsea. It's Southampton is though. The weird because since they beat West Ham in the FA Cup, and then I know they got knocked out in the next round by City, they've been really average yeah. results wise. Not the can the kind of goes that mid season lull of not going to Europe, not going to get relegated. They're just in that lull. They got so, a big problem as well because Borja is uh, Borja is he's not eligible to play yet. So <laughs> I don't I don't like that rule. I think if you loan a player out for a season, that player should be eligible to play in every game. And if that's yeah. against a parent club, so be it. That's how it works oh, in. Uh, that's right. That's how it works in most leagues. Uh, I was going again. You know, with Borja's out on loan, then you know he should be allowed to play against. Wasn't Chelsea. it um, Luar Loire who got the rule changed because he scored for Portsmouth against Newcastle on loan? I think yeah. Newcastle go down because of it. Something like that, yeah, it was weird. something like that, which, which probably got well, tough shit because you learn them out. But I think that's why they're doing it. Are you talking so about you Conor Gallagher not playing against Chelsea? No, we're talking oh, about oh no, Borja Bro- for Southampton. Oh, against Borja, Chelsea. yeah, yeah, yeah that's ridiculous. I, I mean, Chelsea don't haven't looked right for me for a while. Um, they've they've been off the boil for a good bit. And I don't buy it's the off the field stuff though. I just think they're going no, for a rut. I just yeah. think it's a rut that every, all every go club goes through. We went through our December time. Yeah. You know, City have sort of had their little bit of a wobble January, February. Now they, they seem to be hitting form again. You know, all clubs have a couple of dodgy, a couple of dodgy months. You know, no club's perfect. So mm. I, I just think with what's going on off the pitch, it's a convenient factor. But yeah, I've gone for, really... for a 1-1 because I just think they're both bang out of form. But it wouldn't surprise me uh, Chelsea squeaked it. I went for 2-1 Chelsea. But it wouldn't surprise me if Southampton got something out of it. Um, Chris, or sorry, Luke, how do you see this one? Um, I think Chelsea will get back on winning winning ways. I think it'll be. I don't think it'll be a high scoring game, but I think it'll be two one Chelsea. I think okay. Lukaku might be out, so that means that Havertz or oh, in that case, Chelsea yeah, might win. It's yeah, but listen, <laughs> yeah. the problem is the volume of games. I think I'd be mm. full sure Tuchel would want to rotate a few. Or, He's one of Havertz. He's one of Havertz. I don't Havertz. think he can now. No, yeah, I don't think he can unless, unless Werner plays. Which, to be honest, the way Southampton play, that might suit Werner. I know he's, I know he's forever offside, but I, I do think that's his. He has got the pace, and look, you know, we can see why people are interested. He was, he's a good finisher. He's yeah. just not settled at Chelsea. Um, so now I think this is the big. This is one of the big games. Watford against yeah. Leeds. Watford need the win, especially with Everton. Especially with Everton losing, Burnley now leapfrogging them. And they're probably all looking at the United and going, you'd be surprised if Everton got anything out of that. So this is a chance to close the gap in Everton. Leeds have done well because they've got seven points for the last three games. Yeah. They've done it in very dramatic style. Yeah. I mean, poor, Joe, poor Joe's heart, friend of the channel. Uh, I, I don't know how he survived some of those late winners, but he's made up with them. So 
I've got a sneaky feeling because at home, I think Watford might get something out of this. So yeah, I've got for a, I've gone for a two-one Watford, which while it will put a bit of worry in Leeds, I think Leeds have done themselves so much favours in the last three games. I think they've done themselves too much of a gap now. Where I think they'll pick the win up they need a bit later in the season. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, um, I mean, Luke, how do you see this one? Because Leeds don't have Patrick Bamford again, you know, um, and they're conceding goals for fun. And people can, you know, we dominated the game against Watford, but they were resolute at the back. It was yeah. just a case of could they score, you know, and Leeds can't defend. So how, how do you see this one? Quite a high-scoring game. As long as uh, Leeds don't worry about Roy Hodgson being in the middle of the park, because there was a <laughs> clip of him playing that lovely ball into Jao Pedro in yeah, Watford was, training. Right. But um, I, I think this will be a high-scoring game. I think Watford might edge it because it's at, at home. I think it could be like a 3-2 or something like that. Because, yeah, Leeds aren't great defensively. I think they've conceded the most the most goals in the league. Um, yeah. Red, Steve's gone, for a, Red Steve's gone for a nil-all. So. <laughs> yeah, um, which is, which would suit Leeds more than it would suit Watford, to be fair. Yeah, I went for 1-1. One, one, but I would, I'd, I'd love to see Watford getting something out of this. Just because it makes uh, it's going to make that, that it race... It turns it into an accordion, doesn't it? It... Really it, brings it, everything into into play again. Yeah, if Watford win and Burnley win, and say Everton and Everton don't, it literally then is three. It's, it's three players going for. It's three teams going for one position. Which, yeah. apart from those three teams, because obviously they'll hate it. But for an outside looking in, you go in. That's an interesting bum fight because you can make arguments for all three going down and arguments for all three staying up. Yeah, it's so it's, it's a uh, massive and then, game. And then. The late night game Saturday, which I think is going to be, I think it should be a good game. Villa against Spurs. Villa just forgotten how to defend, but could score goals. And Spurs are just very up and down, up and down. You know, one week they're brilliant, next week they're absolutely diabolical. So I uh, see this as a very, very comfortable night's work for Spurs. Uh, I I got him down for 3 0. Uh, I just think Villa are very, very average. Um, Do you think they're on the beach because they're safe? I, I just don't... I look at yeah. the job that Gerard's done and I don't see anything exceptional. I don't see anything special about what he's done. He's brought in good quality players. I just don't see... I just don't see what he's what he's brought to Villa. I, I can't yeah. see it. We just see what yeah. he does in the summer. Uh, I think I think Villa are where you probably expected Villa to be. Yeah. You know, the when they sacked... When they sacked... Um, the manager now, Watford, whose name escapes me. These were, they were, you know, they were, they were, they were getting us off track as a relegation battle. And that squad should never been a relegation battle. Probably with a good, with a fair win, might have pushed for a Europa Conference spot. But I think Jared's kind of got them probably where that squad should be. The interest will be what do they do in the summer and what, who they keep and who they add. And yeah. that'd be, that'd be the asset test for him. Yeah. Do you keep Coutinho? Do you upgrade in the Mings? You know, can you? Will, will you be allowed to? Uh, I went for a 2-2 because I still, with Spurs, I'm never quite convinced. Just when I think Spurs are, all right, they've hit the form now. They, they seem to let you down. Uh, and the results with Conte have shown that, you know. But yeah. they have got the informed, fight, the informed front too, which does give them... One player for me that's gone under the radar at Spurs is Romero. Um, I, I've been really impressed with the way he's come back after his injury. I, he's 
he's very, very good. He's a, he was a big fee. I think they paid north of uh, nearly he's 50 million for him. He's on loan. It's, it's loan, but I don't know if it's an obligation or an option. I think it's an I obligation to buy those. Yeah, I think oh, that was an option. Yeah, it, he, he's a they look very, better. very... He's they look a, a better side. Player. They look yeah. a better side with him in it. Kulisevsky looks a good signing as well. I mean, I've seen all the comparisons with uh, Diaz and what have you for the January That's signing. Twitter, but, yeah, but in his own right, he's a very good player. Yeah, and he suits though. he suits Spurs. He, he suits the way Spurs want to play. He's a very shrewd signing. There's nothing wrong with getting overhyped about you, about a player you've bought it. And to be fair, yeah. he's done. He has done well. He's got big goals. He has done well. I think Spurs have got an option to buy him for 25 million. Which I'll do in the summer, which is a steal. Yeah, which, a steal yeah. For, all, for all the sticky takes, to be fair, that's a good deal. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. What you were saying as well, Son and Kane. If you're looking at Tyrone Mings, you're just having you know you're licking your lips at this game. You have to be. Yeah, you know, I think they got Regulon is back. Um, they have who's the, the other young kid, Ryan Sessignon. Yeah, I think he might yeah. be a, he might be right. available as well. Right, Steve gives us a can you upgrade on things? Is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, not, I, I know you can. I think the question is, will they? I will they be allowed to? Will yeah. they be allowed to? With him being the club captain and the connotation, pretty much. Dead Malik Villa saving their best game for the last game of the season. Come on, I Steve, hope so. Well, let's I get to so. it. Once we get to there, it'll be all right. The way the way it's going, if you're relying on Villa to get to to win it to win it for us. Um, I think we're. I think that's a bit of a long shot. So, but we'll see. Right, we'll whistle through these. Uh, apart from one incident, what we need to talk about Brentford against West Ham. Don't worry, you, Kev. I thought it was a really good result for West Ham. One um, one with Leon, ten men. That's a great result. And then they're any on the argument attack. about any argument about that Cresswell red card for you? I, I didn't see it, so I can't comment. I could see why the ref gave it, as in why Cresswell's pulling them back. I don't know. The question is always: Is he going away from goal? And I, th- I, th- I don't see uh, how that matters personally. But no, I don't think it matters. I think for once, Joe Cole made uh, no. It was Carlton Cole to be fair. So made the good point, and he said Zuma gets his player sent off because if you watch it, he said Zuma slows down, thinking, "Oh fuck, yeah. I'm not getting that." He said, "If Zuma carries on run at full pace, I don't he think gets, he gets done. He, he doesn't gets get ahead. Done. Of, he gets ahead of the play, but the pro see the he way done, I, he doesn't get done for last man. Then he'll get yeah, he'll the way get I done. understand. Yeah." The way I understand it is, it doesn't look. It doesn't have to be, you know, goal wide open. You're guaranteed to score. It says, "Are yeah. you? Is it a? Is it a clear and obvious chance? Well, of course, it's a chance. It's on his strong foot. All he has to do mm-hmm. is get a shot on. So, Cresswell. I think, I think Carl it was Cole, a harsh lesson, but I think it was yeah. Great. I think well, you can tell by Cresswell's reaction. He knew as soon as he did it, he was like, oh, "Yeah, shit." Yeah. But when you watch about if Zuma had carried him running full pace, he probably would have been level. He wouldn't mm. have got him, but he would have been level with the foul. And I think then he'd have got away with a yellow because I think they got because yeah. I think the, the referee in his head could go, yeah. well, if he doesn't get past if he gets Crawford, he's still got to beat Zuma, then beat the keeper. So yeah. it, it takes the equation of last yeah. man. Don't get me wrong, I think Moussa Dembele definitely bought it, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But did you see his wink? He winked. Wait, he, he, yeah, he, he did a wink because I think I'll be honest. I think he he was impressed. He got the free kick. I don't think he yeah. thought the red had happened. So when he saw the red, I think he winked at his mates, going, well, "That's a turn up." Yeah. The biggest, I mean, if you're a West Ham fan, you'd be doing it. There's two pitch invaders, but the worst one was West Ham are on the break. It's a really attacking break. Cuts back, you think, 
And if you ha- you know you watch a game, you, you you get a feel for a goal. You think yeah, yeah. there's a goal yeah, coming. West Ham, got, West Ham are going to nick this two one. This would be a brilliant result. And you just see the I'll say it gobshite run straight across the pitch. You go, he's one of their fans. Am I going? Oh, what if you you could see? I mean, the player reaction said it all. You like going? David Boyd's reaction was like. You could just see, uh, you yeah. Could, yeah, you saw Antonio's looking at him like arms oh, like, What are you doing? Yeah, they're having a cracking season, to be fair to them. They don't need um, that, no- they don't need that nonsense. But I think 1 1 with 10, we're playing half a whole half with 10 men against Leon. Yeah. I had a cracking result 1 1. Yeah, um, I fa- I'd fancy West Ham to get through. I just think they've just got a, a could be a nice flow in the Europa, in the Europa League where you're just thinking, like, I just don't see when they they just mm. don't feel like they'll, they'll get knocked out. So Fair play to them. Um, yeah. That's what you should do in the Europa League. Embrace, you're going to be in the Europa League. Embrace it. How do you think it affects the game this weekend? Because it's a really quick turnaround. I I've, gone for a, say, Hadley. I've gone for a, a West Ham win, but I've gone for a squeaky 2-1. Um, because to, it's, it's, who, it's who they rotate out. Because Tony's just hit form at the right time. But I still feel West Ham have a bit too much. But So I'm going to go for a 2-1 West Ham. Luke? How do you got it? One one draw. I think David Moyes is going to have one eye for the Europa League semi second leg on Thursday, and he's just going to rotate mm. a few players. And just make sure that they think, keep fresh. Yeah, I think I think he's written off top four. Uh, I think there'll be wholesale changes. I've got Brentford two one. Okay. Brentford with Ericsson and Ivan Tony. Well, between, have, well, between the three of us, we've got all bases covered there. So yeah, I, 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 <laughs> just, I just think that they'll make too many changes, and I think they've written off. They've written off top four. Yeah, which are, listen, if West Ham gets to say a Europa League semi-final or even a final and finish in the top six, that's a great season. That's a great season. That's progression, and that's you know that's big proof to the squad going. Look at the size of the squad we've got, which probably isn't the biggest. Considering that they didn't, and we still, still got to, yeah, they still got themselves in Europe. So, yeah, he did. He, you could apparently they were there was a legitimate bid in for Darwin Nunes. Yeah, yeah, they bid big money for uh, him. Yeah, to bid over forty-five million for him in January. So I've seen Lynch at Liverpool for him. For yeah, the summer. he would have been, but he's ideal for what they need because uh, he's not a clone of Antonio, but he could do the Antonio job as well. He could do it better, but do you know what I mean. As in, yeah. the lone striker role, he's, he's yeah. built for that. Yeah, he and he's and he's fitter, and you know, and it, but also for the good thing for Antonio, it takes pressure off him, man. So then you can mm. pick and choose his games and manage his games a bit more. Yeah, he's get, getting, them, he's, he's the getting best, that bit get older. Now, so. yeah. Is that? Does anyone know if that's the TV? What what's the TV game for Sunday? Because I didn't look. If you give me two seconds, um, we'll talk yeah. about the next game while well while I have a Google. Uh, Leicester versus Palace. Leicester, Leicester who got. Nil nil against PSV, yeah. Which um, probably a little bit disappointing for home, but PSV are, are a good side. And Palace, great result against Arsenal. Really, really good result. Very, uh, that is a really exciting side that yeah. they've got at the moment. Um, ooh, okay. The, neither of these games are on telly, but the next game we'll talk about is on telly. Okay. Well, <laughs> Michael Elise is back for Palace. Ooh. Yep. He's a uh, he's, he's a liveware. Uh, I, I like the centre forward they've got whose name I can never remember the, yeah I like the looks of him I, every time I see him I just think he looks impressive like 6 yeah. goals in his last 11 yeah. starts I think there's just a lot oh. to like about Palace there's just a, an, an, an exciting side to go on. I mean if they can keep Gallagher for next season let yeah. him develop again 
I don't think they'll be able to keep Gallagher. I think he'll be back at... No, sadly. Yeah, sadly. I think he'll be sold. Really? I think Chelsea will sell him because of the way the new the new loan system is going to work. I honestly think that they'll cash in on him because I don't think that... I think they'll look at him in the position that he plays. I think they've boxed that position off with Mason Mount for the next few years. And I think they'd rather cash in on him and reinvest it at the back. Well, there'll be a lot or of... They, they there'll, need be a lot of to, there'll be a lot of suitors for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. I, I don't think they'll be short of options to sell him. That's why I think... Would I you take him at Liverpool? Would you take him at Liverpool if, if that ever opportunity arises? Right. Would you take him? I would. I would. Yeah. I would. We definitely, I would. Definitely, I like him. Well, we've definitely got two English spots coming up available in the summer, haven't we? Because uh, yeah. I can see Chamberlain going in the summer. I think Milner's going to go. You know, uh, so, so Gallagher, the, that's part of your homegrown quota. Plus, he's very, uh, very I good. I think I put a comment saying Gallagher thirty million to Newcastle could be a good, good one. Then you can see that. Well, would, yeah. The thing is, though, if for Newcastle, that is the sort of player they should use their money for. Is don't go for the big flashy names. Go for that type of player, which is what City Mark did Simons. three years into their tenure when they, they stopped doing Rubinho's yeah. and Ilano's. Sorry, and they started buying smart Silva. young players, David Silva, uh, Bernardo Silva, uh, Kevin De Bruyne's exciting youngsters that you know in two three years time are going to be brilliant. Yeah, that yeah. is the clever. That if Newcastle do that, that's a, that's a that'd be a smart out. move. Be that'd be a, that'd be a great shout from. Uh, anyway, Leicester Palace. I've gone for a Desmond Tutu. I've gone for a 3-1 Palace. Okay. I think there's going, going to be a hangover for Leicester. 2-1 Palace. 2-1 Palace. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, the early kick, the early TV game, Dorridge versus Burnley, to be honest. What the fuck? Why? Oh, why man. not? Why not? That's a brilliant Burnley, game. Burnley have just beat Everton. They'll be hoping Everton drop points. Win this, Burnley will be out the bottom three for the first time, I think, all season. Norwich pretty much to lose this. I think that's them gone. I mean, I think they're pretty much oh, gone anyway. Okay. So I think there's there's, so, there's more riding this than at the bottom half there than anything. And also, if Everton do get a win against um, United, it puts a lot of pressure on Burnley because you're going, you've got to back in this again because you need to beat Norwich yeah. just to stay within a point. There's so many permutations on it and Norwich will want to go down yeah. fighting. Um, you've got to you've got to see both ends of the spectrum on Sunday for the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, this is going to be an absolute dogfight. Yeah. You know, this is going to be an absolute dogfight of a game. Um, I hope Jonathan is right. One 0 Burnley. I'd be delighted with that. Um, if anything, look, I can't stand Burnley. I can't stand Dice. I can't stand the way they play. But context is everything, and for the season that's in it. I'd love to see Burnley get back, uh, get 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 a positive result here against Norwich. So I've gone for a one nil. I've gone for a two nil Burnley. Luke, I'm going one nil Burnley. Get the job yeah. done. No Burnley. Burnley. Oh, yeah, lad. So interesting, interesting. Um, I think that's it. Is it? There's no for big games this weekend, is there? Well, no, 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 we're done. Right, let's talk about it before we start getting shouted at. So <laughs> the big one, the one. Let's face it, everyone's been talking about for about a month, maybe <sighs> so longer. Nice. Um, City versus Liverpool. 
Liverpool have not beaten City in the league since Klopp's first season um, when he came in mid- midway through after Brendan Rodgers. We haven't actually won at City in the league since then, which is quite surprising. Uh, but City weighs a dog of a game. It's horrible. Um, the best and worst win I've seen at City was the Champions League se- second leg semi-final, which I must oh. admit, that first half when they went 1-0 up, probably should have been 2-0 up, was the longest half I've ever watched the football. I mean, listen, second half was great because the Salah goal just relaxed me. But, yeah. Kev, how are you feeling about this one? I'm still, I'm still looking forward to it. I was on, I think it was Wednesday night, and I was looking forward to it then. I'm I'm really relaxed about it. I just I just really relax. I'm, I wrote down what I think the two 11s will be. I think that Klopp has got to make it. I think he's going to do a madness. You think, uh, you think he'll do what he did last season and just go I think, stick four up front? I think he'll play 4-2-3-1, but I think it'll be the four. I think it'll be Salah, Bobby, Sadio with Jossa up top. Say again, what do you think it'll be? last season. Yeah, I think Jossa will play up top. I think Salah off the left, Sadio off the right. So, sorry. Mo, Mo off the right, Sadio off the left, Bobby in the 10, and Fabinho and Thiago. As your holders, you as Tiago has never played for us against City. No, he's not. Jeez. And our proper back four with Allison and Go. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, believe I me, Tiago play in the Anfield game last season. Nope. He's no, oh, he's, he's missed everyone through injury. Yeah, Jesus. And I look with half an hour when when the team sheets gets out, my my arse is going to be going like the clappers, <laughs> but. That's charming. That's, until then, yeah, there's an image. There's until, an image you want. Well, oh, that's, what those, that's what those bots want that came in yeah. the chat before. <laughs> until then, I fancy us to get a positive result out of it. Whether we go and beat them or get a point, I don't know. Good enough. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I think mean, I, I think the way the season's panned out, I think we're going to have to go and win. I think we have yes, to go. And, I think I'm we have to get ahead of them. To be truthful, uh, yeah, I think we all need. We all want the win, of course, because. It, if we do draw, it's certainly not the end of the world. It's not curtains. No. It's a, it's a definitely a must-not-lose. I, I think to wrestle back yeah. a 14-point gap, despite what City fans will tell you, it was 14 points because we hadn't won the games at hand. And if they want to get pernickety about it, the year they beat us in 18-19, they always tell you it's a 10-point gap despite the fact they're two games in hand. So yes. Yes. We, can, we, can play the, we can play the game. <laughs> if, we want, if, we, if we want to do that. Big kept working... <laughs> Big Kev Twerk, and yeah. that's enough internet for tonight. <laughs> yeah, there, ain't enough, there ain't enough Guinness on tap, Barry. I can promise you that. Well, we may have to test uh, that whenever I come over to Ireland. Um, but yeah, so Luke, pick me a team. Where does Reese Williams fit in this team? That's where he fits in this team. He'll be carrying the water because that's as close as he's getting. Uh, no, I think it will be normal back five, Alisson, Trent, Matip, Virgil, Robertson. Um, I don't think we're going to go crazy. I think Klopp's going to go with Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson. And then the front three will be Salah. I think he'll go with the with the tried and trusted. I think he'll go with the original front three for one last ride, for one last go. It, yeah, it, 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 I feel like that we're going to need to hold the ball up like up front, and no one does it better in that team. Apart from yeah, um, he, he did. He did say he, he did say experience was important. He didn't say it was vital. He said it was important. I'm like you. I think that's 
I feel that's the elephant cop will go with. There's part of me, though, that would love to see him. I don't think it's going to happen because he played the full game. Salah, Manny as the nine, because if he has a Manny, whenever we play him as nine, he seems to get he's, a goal assist. Yeah. I'd love to start Diaz. Just if you want, if you say a bit of a madness, that's a bit of a madness because I think the two sides know each other so well that Mm. throwing a Diaz in for start might be like, oh, we haven't dealt with him before. That's something different to deal with. I just think it's now, listen, he's probably going to use him as a super sub, which is fine. But but the other thing with Diaz is, which you do need to get cities, he looks after the ball really well. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't really, no, no, no real sloppy passes, doesn't really. Run himself into blind alleys, or he does those unnecessary tricks. Such, yeah, so he's actually a lot more. As far as he's probably more careful than Manny is. But to be fair, he's actually really good. So and he's seriously uh, rapid, right? Yeah, but the fact oh, that he did 80, 89 minutes midweek makes me think. How do you see City not. lining up? Oh, we'll talk about this the other. Uh, I think so. I think you'll have Edison in goal. Yeah, I think you'll have Laporte. And we'll say stones because um, unless Di- but you never know, Diaz can always make a miracle. It's always possible. Magic City. Uh, I think right back will be Walker, left back will be Cancelo. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're your front the most like ones. And then I think he goes Rodri, Gundogan, and Not Kevin either. De Bruyne. I think he'll go Kevin De Bruyne because I think I think that's De Bruyne's got a bit off the boil. Uh, sorry, Silva's got a bit off the boil. I think he'll play De Bruyne a false nine. And then they'll have Bernardo, Rodri, Gundogan, and they'll let Gundogan and De Bruyne swap around in the game. So you'll see points where De, uh, Gundogan's the false nine, mm, and possibly. then De Bruyne will be sitting think, in midfield. The front three I can't decide because I think Mara starts because he always does well. The Foden starts left Foden's side. Foden's becoming that like pain against Liverpool that you he's, know. Yeah, he's, he's he just a guy. Who's, he's ex. He's really forward. excellent. It's it's so you dislike him because he's so good. I actually think the nine's the hardest to pick because you can make, you could do Kevin De Bruyne there. Uh, Anfield would do Grealish. You could do Sterling yeah. through the middle. It's do Gabriel Jesus because he always likes a goal against us. Well, the Jesus they don't seem to rate as a striker. Though. He's put Jesus yeah. on the wing. I put Mares, Sterling, and Foden as a front three. I went with Rodri, Holden, Kevin De Bruyne, and Silva. But mm. I wouldn't be surprised if he went with Gundogan and stiffened up the midfield. You yeah. know, and tried to match us up. Size wise, physicality, intensity, but that first half of Man City's at Anfield. I know they targeted James Milner, and James Milner aged a decade in that oh, half. Yeah, I felt, How he survived. I felt for him. I really I, felt, I felt for him. But the other thing I got really blown up that game was oh, how bad Liverpool's midfield was. And you go, Liverpool's midfield got absolutely outrun. You will when it's six against three. Yeah, because this is the thing that made me laugh with uh, De Bruyne. When he's a, I've never seen a side play five five zero. And I was thinking, like, you basically do that every week. You you play you play four six yeah. every week. You, you play six midfielders. That's how you play. That's your. It's not a bad thing. That's your thing. You know mm. that's what that's why that's how you dominate the ball because you have six midfielders. That's as soon as Barry put something in the chat earlier on, and I hope do you guys when you're doing the post match on Sunday, I hope you're not talking about Anthony Taylor. How do you feel about the appointment? Um, I'm not as bold. I mean, I don't like Anthony Taylor. I'm less bold with him because yeah. actually our record with him against Manchester United, I think it's two wins, two draws, two losses. So nothing, nothing great, nothing crap. 
my biggest concern is Paul Tierney. Because I think yeah. Paul Tierney is a horrendous VR official. And I don't I've got some for Liverpool. He's nerves for everything I've seen. The last uh, two times we've had those two, um, Olivar and Ref, it was United 4 2 win. Mm-hmm. And we beat Spurs 2 1 with Taylor as the ref, Tierney and VAR. So it's not, yeah, not like they've screwed that. Liverpool out of games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's just, but it would not surprise me if Tierney goes, yeah, I remember what he said to me, Jürgen. Time to yep. screw you over because you ain't coming to Stockley Park. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's, it's, what, it's... It's what, one of those. I think it's an unnecessary it create, decision. It creates a story you don't need. Now, because yeah. I think Michael Oliver's doing Burnley-Norwich, yeah. which is a big game at the other end of the table. Yeah. But you should have given Taylor that one. If you rate, if you rate Taylor that highly, you, you want to give him the, the city the city level game. You give Taylor that one, you give over. It stops that talk. Now, yeah, it's it's basically you just you just got to put pressure because I guarantee you, whatever the, if Liverpool don't win, touch wood, this is not going to happen, and it's just a normal game. Liverpool don't win, they'll still be talking about the ref the ref screwed us because that's just the nature of football. That's just fans, yeah. But if it was yeah. it was Michael over, you, I think there'd be less talk of it. So. Yeah. You know, I sort of feel like you, you've just created a story there for the sake of it. But then again, did those comments. Tyler and Neville are going to be eyeing out their city shirts. Well, that, that's what they do. I mean, that's I think you'll have do. Jamie Carragher. I won't be having them on commentary. I'll have Coppish on in my ear, so I don't have to listen yeah. to those two on, talk. What score are you going? And you know the rules. Score two one. Two one. Two one. Who's scoring? Um, Salah. Sal- yep. Salah's going to score from open play because there's a narrative on Twitter that he's not scored since February from open play. But his record against oh, City is nine games, <laughs> five goals, two assists. It's Salah's record against City. Um, so I think Salah's going to score. I think Van Dijk's going to score. And I think De Bruyne's going to score for City. And and I think Van Dijk's going to s- have a moment like Vincent Company did when City first won their league title. Where he's going to score a bullet header from a corner and just move every city player out of the way for him to get a last minute winner. And I'm going to go nuts. Okay. Come on, Mr. O'Sullivan. What are we going for? Uh, I go for 2 0. I think we win a 2 0. I think we get a clean sheet. That's not my fucking score again. I, yeah, I just look, I just think we get the clean sheet. Um, I think Bobby scores and. Well, talk is for me that hasn't trained today, is he? Yeah, I, 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 if he if he starts, he'll score. I just think he he takes up those kind of positions that really trouble City. Mm. And I think Sadio Sadio scores as well. Let's see, we've got here. We've got three uh, one here. Jota, Diaz, and Salah. We've got another three one from Tom. Salah, Thiago, Scream, Manny, and Grealish. Um, Rich, has got two one Liverpool. Oh, bless him! I'm, I'm, I'm made up. He comes, he comes in every week. You know, I'm glad, glad, glad you missed the Everton chat. Um, I'm going to stick with two nil. 
I know it's your score. Yeah, and I'm going to go Salah double. I, I all the talk, all the, all the talk around him feels like the moment for Salah just to go. This is why I'm here. Two deep bang. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's massive. Please. It's massive that we get something that we is. I think it, I personally think it's important that we win this because yes, I think if we don't, City will get the bit between their teeth and they will just go on a run. They're capable of staying on a run. Let's be honest. Our running is difficult. We've got to play a lot of sides who've got a lot to play for. So yeah, it's going to be tough. We uh, before we move off this one. Uh, bet mate, oh, yeah, bet mate. Ooh. We need to pick a team. Hey, it's a big one. This one, tenner to enter. This one, thousand pound prize money pays out. So, so you know, no big messing. money. First no prize, gets, this one, there. first prize, 320, second prize, 200 quid. Right, come on, this is big money for Philip. there, game face now, Luke. We're looking at you because me and Kevin have done one together and one money. So, game face now, it's all on you. <laughs> right. I mean, to be fair, uh, Gav's gone. No, we say I think we finished fortieth with the one Gav picked. Just, just forty <laughs> second. Admittedly, admittedly, to be fair, well, I think when I picked, we finished even lower. So you know, <laughs> I'm not one to talk. Really. Well, look, the keepers, the keepers are easy. So who do you start? Allison or you start Allison? Yeah, I think Allison. I think he'd be the busier. Okay, um, I think midfield should be Fabinho and Rodri because I think we've learnt now. It is interceptions are a big thing. Yes. Yeah. Or you, okay. Or, there's, or there is the KDB question. Oh, oh, Phil Phil. Oh, interesting. Phil Foden's there as a midfielder. Mm. Uh, I'll have Foden because I think he's going to have a goal. <sighs> yeah, you've you got to be dispassionate when we're doing this. We've got to be if dispassionate. We, if, if you're being honest, Foden's the one. Foden's the one I. I of all the City players, he's the one I really worry about all the time. It's like Whenever he gets four, you're like, oh. He's starting to be like that little pet that we're playing. Like, when you play against a team and you're like, it's him. Yeah, yeah. It's him again. I don't find him dislikable. It's just that when he gets the ball, you go, oh, no, he's going to be good, isn't he? You just look at him, oh, no. So should we go Fabinho and Foden? Yeah. Or yeah, okay. You... I'll go Fabinho yeah, and Foden. Defenders. Would be an interesting. Moment. I would have gone for. I would go for Trent, and I would go for Cancelo. Oh, careful! It's, we've we've obviously worked together too long. I had a very <laughs> similar thought myself because they're, they're very similar style players. They're both very attacking. They're both going to get you assists. Yeah, but they can get your chances created. Yeah, right. Attackers. So the attacking players you got for City, according to Betmates, is Sterling, Jesus. Dilap and Kaki. They're not making choices there, really. Uh, and then Liverpool's, and Liverpool's front five. Salah's one. Um, well, for me, got, I would be looking at Sadio, Jota and Salah. And I would probably, I would probably put Salah on the bench. Oh, purely and simple. Look, this is about this is about Felicon. This is about winning money. It is. It is. Okay. Okay. I, okay. Okay. I, 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 I get. I get what you're saying. I don't think Jota starts. I think I don't think Jota starts. That's the reason. If I'm saying Bobby Jota. hasn't trained, Bobby's not starting. Uh, Klopp said like every player is available. 
this was like before training. Like this is like after yeah. training photos. You win every player's available. Okay. Yeah. I just think so. I think Salah and Money are, are locks, and then I think it's who who gets the other one because I think if Bobby's out, I think he pulls Manny nine, and I think mm. he throws a Diaz in. Yeah. I feel like Bobby's got to be a impact sub. Okay. Yeah. If we well, if we win, if you, we win, you guys pick the forwards. But what I would suggest you do because you can make changes on this right up until kickoff. You can remind me, Kev, and I'll do it. Yeah. So we'll put Salomani <laughs> as a start. I'll have Jot on the bench. So that's one, two, three. So one, one, two, three, four, five. That's our six Liverpool players, and we could have two two City players on the bench, which is a defender and a midfielder. Um, Kevin Stan. De Bruyne, I assume, would be the midfielder. Yeah. yeah. And defender-wise, who do you want from City? Stones. He always seems to have a good game against us. Just keep him around. Yeah, 19, John Stones in. I would have gone for the other fella, but... Laporte. I would have gone for Laporte because Pep has been able to play Laporte at left back and play Cancelo at right back before. And Laporte, actually, I agree with Laporte because also Laporte's got goals in him. I touch what, look, I hope he's not against Liverpool, but if we're being yeah. unbiased, he's yeah. more of a yeah. threat. Yeah. And he's yeah. more of a threat from set pieces than John Stones. Although John Stones is capable from corners. Yeah. Right. Captain and vice captain. I'll open it now. I don't want Salah. Uh, uh, if it bites me in the arse, I'll happily take it by that. Well, if it bites think, you in the I, arse, mate, we've got three points, so I don't care. Yeah, exactly. I don't think Salah's your captain. And I, I captain Salah all the time, but this is one I'm going, mm. So who do you um, think? I mean, it's defaulted to Fabinho and Foden as captain and vice-captain, but I'm not saying we have to stick with that. No, I would have gone with Sadio and That's, maybe Trent. As vice captain, okay. Do you agree, Luke? Yeah. Okay. I think Trent Trent has always got an assist in him, and I I firmly believe we're going to get a clean sheet. So you got the clean sheet points and the set piece options, and Sadio to me looks like he's he's in he's in good form. He's he's come yeah. back from the World Cup qualifiers full of beans. Shut. Yeah, cool. So just confirming, team is Allison, vice captain Trent, Cancelo, Fabinho and Foden, Salah, Manny as captain, benches Edison, Laporte, De Bruyne, Jota. Happy days. Lock yep. that in. Good and then Kev, if one of them doesn't start, you'll you'll tell me, and I'll change. Yeah, it. yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Um, quick switch of tack to UFC two seventy three. Luke. Yes. Huge. It's a big card. Two a big, a big double main event. Yeah. Big double main um, event. Good fights on the card. We've got the featherweight champion Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie. Uh, was meant to be Max Holloway trilogy fight, but Max pulled out. Um, said that he'd be the backup, so apparently he's weighed in. Um, so that's going to be a great one. I don't expect there any shocks in the in that title fight. Um, we've got the unification of the bantamweight division between Aljamain Sterling um, just came back from neck surgery and his Oscar-winning performance in his last fight um, against Piotr Jan, um, which I think is going to be a great fight, but I think uh, Piotr Jan's going to walk out with the gold. And then we've got yeah. the hype train, Hamza versus Gilbert Burns. He's definitely getting that the rocket strapped in because if he built... If he beats Gilbert Burns, Dana's basically said if he beats Burns, then he's going to book him versus Colby for the number one contender. 
Wow. So this is a big te- test for him. Um, I said on the on the Sanderson show with Callum and Ben, I, I'm not digging the partnership between Hamza and Darren Till. I'm, I'm just not digging it. It just seems too playful, too much messing about where it should be business. Now, yeah. like, this is like fight week and I'm seeing videos of them messing about, which isn't exactly what you should be doing against a guy who could easily knock you out, submit you. So it's going to be an interesting... You've done a big... Yeah, you've done a big in-depth review and it's on your Twitter feed. Where can people find that? Uh, So me and Callum did one on Let's Talk Sport, which which went out today, but also we did one on the Sanderson show with myself, Callum, and a MMA uh, podcaster called Ben Keeley. So make sure to check that out on Sanderson's show as well. So if you check out on your Twitter feed, the links are in there and you yes. can search the Sanderson show on YouTube and the shows are in there. It goes, I mean, the, the guys do massive in-depth on the whole card and discuss the fights for, and you will come away a fan or you will come yeah. away very educated on the fight and you will, it will be a great card. It'll definitely be worth worth staying oh, yeah. up for. You know, oh, are you doing? Are you do? Are you are you working overnight? Of course, of course. It's a what? So we got to watch um, it out as well. Callum jokingly said uh, the prelims look pretty good, so we might be doing one from the very beginning. But I'm not too sure. I'll have to double check. But if we're not doing the prelims, we'll definitely be on from three a.m. Oh my! I might just jump in. I might just jump into the chat there just to watch you too. I mean, overnight you've got the Australian Formula One. I haven't seen Heidner here of what's going on apart from the times. Did from... you just go round and round, Kev? It's yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what they do. the way this season is panning out, it's two horse race. Uh, Ferrari and Red Bull are streets ahead of everyone else. McLaren look like they've gone pretty well today, but. It's, I think, Australia, it's got, it might be an 8 a.m. start on Sunday morning. Um, but it's usually a good race. Australia is a good circuit. Um, so it'll, it'll be, it'll be worth keeping an eye on how the race goes. But I think if you got Ferrari, Red Bull dominating this race, they're going to be dominating Formula One up until Silverstone. They're, they're just way out in front of everyone else. The problem Mercedes have at the minute is there was a ma- there's been a massive brain drain at Mercedes over the last two years, and it looks like it's um, catching up with them now because they're just nowhere near it. You know, when you look at what Hamilton was able to do last year with the car that was under him, the pace that he had this year, they're just nowhere near. I've never seen a I haven't seen a drop off like this in a Formula One season by a team since Ferrari did. All those, all those years ago, and you got a Grand National tomorrow as well. Look, I got very little interest in the Grand National, but guaranteed going to watch it. I think half the field are Irish, and they locked out the top four places last year. So, you know, if you're if you're if you have inklings, be careful with what you're betting, and best of luck to you when you're. Uh, Spending do, your winnings tomorrow night. I'll just do my tactic. Which name sounds funny, or which which shirt do you like the look of? <laughs> Never fails. Um, apart from that, 
you've got the Masters will be finishing up Sunday night. Sunday's sport is mental. You know, catch mm-hmm. up in the UFC after Formula One. You've got then you've got football, football, golf. Way to wind out your day. It's going to I'm be having a great Sunday. Amazing. I'm having a great yeah, Sunday. Uh, just to address bonkers. Um, yeah, we we've entered the free pot. Uh, we put it in our Telegram poll, and Conrad in the Telegram group has picked the team. So that's also live as well. Um, so we we have got a team in that as well. So yeah. I think you can win about twenty quid on that. So you know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Anything will anything will do. And look. Give it a go. The link is in there. If you're based in the UK, it's UK based only. Uh, just it's free pot for tomorrow. You'll get the feel of it, and if you like it, and if you want to put money in, just do so gamble responsibly, as you know, common sense just dictates. Good. Right, we're all good. That's okay. pretty much. All we're going to talk tonight, about- I think. Can we talk about last Sunday? Oh shit! Yeah, you were away in Bristol last weekend, weren't you? I was, I was, I was, I was, I was having heart palpitations and all sorts. It was <laughs> <laughs> what an achievement, mate! What an achievement! Um, uh, taking my daughter to that was uh, an experience and a half. I must admit. Yeah. Um, so they went one 0 up really early. Well happy. It's like great one 0 up. Relax. Ten seconds after going one 0 up, it's one one. Where a girl spoons across and it. it Lobs the keeper. You're like, oh, you're, oh it was man. like that. It was, it was one of them. It was, it was like Kincheski in the in the um, in the FA Cup. As soon as you hit it, you went, oh, that's going in. And she doesn't mean it. Oh no. But we might get ourselves two one up uh, for another cross by Megan Campbell. By the way, if you haven't seen Megan Campbell, great fullback. Her throw-ins are absolutely. Unreal. I haven't seen a throw-in like that since Dave Challoner. Yeah, it's better than Dave Challoner. She, she puts it on the penalty spot. She puts it in that deep. Oh, it's, it's a just... mental technique that she's got because it's all technique. Well, you it's say it's all, all technique. technique. We've interviewed. I've chatted to her. I said, "How would you throw it that far?" She goes, "I just, I just can." That's that was it. That was her answer. I just can. I said, "Did you do any special training?" She said, no, I've just always been able to throw it really far. But it's not just lob it in. It's low, and it's accurate. It's undefendable. It's, yeah. If you yeah. get it right, it is so difficult. You've seen it in the men's game. It's when you've got big six foot three, six foot four centre backs trying to get ahead on a ball, you can't clear it far enough. So that's why the long throw is so dangerous. And it's in the women's game more so because you don't have the height. No, no. You, know, you don't no. have the height to clear it. So it's a massive weapon. I saw it. I was like, wow. Yeah, I, couldn't I, get, I, I couldn't believe it. Well, she helped set up the uh, the third, so it made it three one. And li- listen, it went off. They uh, they ran to the corner. Everyone went off. That you thought that's it. Game done. Going up. Three yeah. one up. Made up. All you needed was a point anyway. All you so. need. All we needed was a point. So I didn't really care. Uh, and they made it three two. And I think all my dark fears came into. And I I, I think Philip Swald, who does the shows, was could just see like it all drain out of me. So must be <laughs> Missy Bowes' winner was brilliant to make it four two. That was it. Then it was the last five minutes were just bedlam of just yeah. singing joy. I mean, it was a record crowd for Brist uh, for a championship game. Five thousand seven hundred people there. Big crowd. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool women took two coaches plus quite a few travelled. So we must have had close to one hundred and fifty fans, two hundred fans there. So yeah, it's a big ter- big turnout. Really nice loud. ground as well. Lovely it ground. Is a, it is really, a lovely really, ground. Really, nice modern yeah, yeah. ground. It's lovely. Really, really now good. Now that it's all been redeveloped, it's Ashton Gate has changed oh, measurably since I went since I used to go there. Yeah, it's a great um, it's, a, it's a really good ground. Can't yeah. can't fault it at all. So yeah, and then 
what was really good about it, I mean, it's the first time I've seen Liverpool women win, win anything. Because I, I, so you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was quite teary, quite emotional, but it was really cool that I got to see it with my daughter. But there were loads of kids there, young yeah. kids and boys and girls, all with like women's names on the back of the shirts. You know, and it was quite nice to actually experience that with the players. You know, cause, you know, following Liverpool win has been a lot of lows. It hasn't, it hasn't always been a barrel laughs. You know, so this was actually. Nice to have a feel-good moment and really positive, a nice feel about the club. Just think everything's going in the right direction. Just hope now that for next season they're able to really build on, on. Yeah, they have. Yeah. To. Neil Axon rightly points out a big thing that's helped Liverpool women this year is their superior fitness. They are naturally fitter and stronger than everybody else in that league, plus their ability. Yeah, you, 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 when you go to the WSL. That fitness edge is kind of lost because everyone in WSL is yeah, it's fully fitter. pro. It's... it's really hard. So I'll be intrigued to what they add to it. I'd like him to keep most of that squad together. I think it's tweaks. I think it's like three quality players you add to it. I don't think you need to go wholesale changes. I'd like to think so. Is it a case that they move their training to the access centre? And no, is that on no, the cards? or No, it's all. Uh, the last we heard was it'll, they'll, they'll probably definitely be at Tramia next year, uh, but they've got a, uh, they've got a potential site they're looking at now, uh, which is going to be if they get get site it all comes right. It'll be a purpose built women's training facility. Okay, that's what that's what they're looking to. So they're probably was, I'll, I'll say they're still going to be at Tramia. Sadly, they're not. I was half the hoping that Liverpool would turn around and bring the women's teams into the access centre. But also maybe built along the lines, and, and look, credit to Manchester yes, the, City. The, yeah, around the etiquette. Yeah, it's a mixed bag, that though, because, uh, and this is not to take Man United out, but you have heard stories of Man United women who could use Carrington, mm-hmm. but it's very set times where they could use it. Basically, when the men's teams weren't there, they could use it. And it actually wasn't actually their own. Yeah, where, but Carrington you know, is a 25 years, 30 years. Which I mean, it's their, that's their big thing. That's their big training centre. Yeah. So I think the thought is if the women have their own training centre, we're basically, you could run the, the team how you want to run it. That's where we're going to And hopefully it's something they're going to get a ground. Hopefully yeah. next year we might see, might see a couple of games at Anfield. That's the, that, yeah, I think that'll definitely happen. There's the one thing with WSL, the... Get the Derby at Anfield or the United game at Anfield. You know, the City game at Anfield. You'll get crowd. You'll get big crowds for that. When you saw what Barcelona did with Barcelona uh, in the Champions League and they filled out the new camp, you know, it, the, the money is being invested in WSL. The TV exposure that it brings is huge. Yeah. You know, there is live games. BBC are going to be more involved in live football. And you could basically see every women's game you want to see because the, if they're not on BBC, they're on Sky. If not on BBC or Sky, they're on the, the free streaming app, the FA, the FA Player, which yeah. is a free app you get on your phone or iPad or whatever you want to watch it on. So basically, which is more difficult championships, they only show one live game. You can pretty much watch every game, so you've got no excuse. You can, which means there's more exposure, more eyes, and it's probably easier yeah. to attract newer fans as well, or we've, just basically keep people's interest. We've two more games left this season for the LFC women. Yeah, so they've got 24th of April, last home game of the season against Sheffield United, two days after my daughter's birthday. Uh, nice. That's the trophy lift, Brilliant. and it's. So that is potentially, so actually, that is going to be a great Sunday because it's Liverpool women will lift a trophy. 
I'll be in the pub getting excited and drunk after the game, and then it's a derby. <laughs> and so you know, I can't, oh, no, I can't, it could be a. What I was going to ask I'll you, be, I'll be in some state that Sunday. I must admit, <laughs> is there is there a women's tournament this summer? Yes, the, uh, yes, the, the women's Euros yeah. is in England. And do we have players going away for that? Uh, yes, we've got Rachel Finesse, who is Northern Ireland's all-time leading goalscorer. She is going away with Northern Ireland. Uh, Wales didn't qualify, sadly. Uh, Scotland didn't qualify. England did qualify, but I don't think any English girls will get selected because there's quite an array yeah, yeah, of yeah. WSL. Um, I believe Belgium may have qualified. So if that's the case, uh, Jana Daniels would get a run out for them as well. And yeah, so there's couple, quite a lot of our squad are in the England under-23 setup, or the younger the younger age, Missy Bill Kearns, Taylor Hines, they're in the, the, the younger age category as well, which helps. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, so it's got to be a few. So, so yeah. The future is looking absolutely as rosy as it's going to get. I mean, some of the, the... If on the channel, on LSE Day Trippers, if you go through some of the interviews that Chris has done throughout the season for the LSE women, it... You can follow the trajectory of the club through the interviews that Chris has done, and it has not been easy. You can see how stressed I get. Yeah, but it, it, <laughs> it is funny. But it's funny, funny. it hasn't been easy for him. And the way that Matt Beard has built this side and reconstructed it from when he came in and mm. set everything up to ultimately finish the season as champions with two games to go, it's a phenomenal achievement. Yeah, I mean, he deserves a lot of credit, you know, because he took, you know, he's a WSL level manager. He is, you know, he's won league titles for Liverpool. He's done really well in America. He did really well at West Ham, got them to the first ever FA Cup final. So he took the risk of he'll drop down a division for a year. And the pressure was there because everyone's natural reaction was, well, if Matt Beard's coming down, we're going up this year because he's yeah. not staying in the championship. Not, yeah. So the natural pressure hit him was there, isn't it? And he was very, unlike me, <laughs> naturally calm all the way through it. It didn't get really low when it's a slow start, but didn't get overexcited when we were like, I mean, we've basically gone 19 games undefeated in the league. We've literally only lost the first game of the season. That's it. So it's been really good. And keep your eyes peeled. Um, friend of the show, uh, BBC's Emma Sanders. I'm hopefully doing a recording with her tomorrow. We'll just, just do a bit of a chat about promotion and how, how, how things are, how things are looking for the future. Emma's really good. Uh, if you you know, and uh, the articles she writes on WSL and football in general uh, are really good, so they're, they're well worth a read. So keep keep your eyes peeled on those occasions. We'll we'll hopefully have that out Sunday or Monday this week. Hopefully, brilliant. So cool. But other than that, Liverpool are going to smash City, and we're all going to be sorted. Happy days, and I, I'll be slightly less stressed. <laughs> Luke, where can people find you this weekend, mate? Because you're going to be a busy boy. I have a feeling. Uh, yes, so tomorrow night slash Sunday early morning, I'll be on the Sanderson show with Callum for UFC 273. And then I oh, think my, my I'll be on the day trippers after the City Liverpool game with me post match with Chris. So hopefully, <laughs> Liverpool will pick up the three points. Otherwise, he's going to deal with me. Oh, well, You've got to deal with me either way. So, hopefully, dealing with me after a win's a bit easier, yeah. to be honest. So, yeah. I'm, going to be enjoying, I'm going to be enjoying watching this and seeing how you guys react. Uh, to, uh, actually, do you know what? No, because it's going to be a positive result. You guys will be bouncing off the walls. Yeah. And you won't get off until we come on a 10. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. I might not sober up to him. So, you know. <laughs> right, guys, listen. Right. Thanks very much for everyone who's watched. Um, 
really enjoyed this. And well, look, we'll see you. Well, look, we've got loads of shows on next week, but us three will definitely be back next Friday. So until then, guys, take care of yourselves. Sports Social Podcast Network. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.